Man, welcome, welcome, welcome. I want to just say a few words to the campuses, man. Welcome to the Coffee House. Uh, they are kicking it off today with a dynamic duo uh, that's going to Columbia, South Carolina. Pastor Aaron McClurg and his beautiful wife, Nicole, and their girls. And Pastor Dustin and his beautiful wife, Emily, and uh, their little girl, Austin. I don't know if you know this, but Dustin, the guy who leads up here, and he's actually led at all of our campuses, he has felt God calling him to go with Pastor Aaron to Columbia. So they're moving to Columbia. And uh, I know, oh, we love you, Dustin and Emily. But uh, praise God for people who follow the radical call of Christ. Amen. And we've actually had some families, yeah, we've actually had some of you families say to us that you think God's calling you to Columbia. And I just want to plant that seed. Listen, if you, if you feel God was time for you to move and maybe you were, somebody said they were looking at a graduate program there and another person told me they were interviewing for a job there. So God just has a way of putting things together. So keep praying for that Columbia campus. Welcome those of you who are watching it. We've already started on Fox 57 in Columbia, South Carolina. Welcome to you guys who are watching this and getting fired up about the campus. Um, welcome to the Internet campus. Welcome to the Daughters of the King, the NCCIW ladies. Uh, my assistant is trying to get me out there with you guys live. I haven't been with you live in a while, so I'm going to try to be with you ladies in May, and I cannot wait to be there. Sanford and Garner campuses are for the very first time today doing baby dedications at their local campus. That's cool. We've always done that here. And it's just, you just reach a point, guys, where it's scope and scale and the size of the movement. You just can't do it anymore. So they're doing their baby dedications there today. So love you families who are getting your beautiful uh, biscuit snatchers, I mean babies, uh, dedicated to the glory of God. And I'm praying for you and your families, and that's very, very exciting. Uh, Latino campus, you guys at Central, welcome. Just like Pastor Fuller said, man, I, I, he was going last week, I was going last week. And every time I'm going, and I actually tweeted this last week, I went to one of the best churches in the nation, which really probably makes it one of the best churches in the world, Passion City Church in Atlanta with Louis Giglio, and it was unbelievable. Christian Stanfield, David Crowder, when you got those kind of guys leading you in worship, you're like, dude, this is awesome. Louis Giglio teaching, and yet I got to tell you, after I experienced it, I jumped in the car, and I said, you know, it's still nothing like New Hope. It's still, I just, there's... It's, it's, it's awesome. It's incredible. Everything was out of this world. The worship was great. The message was unbelievable. Um, first contact, their first contact was unbelievable. But still, this, this is home. This is, this is my church. This is the people I love. And I'm so fired up about being here. Hey, since we're sharing some fun things, let me just share a few more things. Um, I, I got to share. We got to praise God for this kind of stuff. And you might be like, well, numbers are not important. Oh, no, let me tell you something. Numbers are important. Behind every number is a name. Behind every name is a person for whom Jesus Christ bled, died, and rose from the dead. Let me give you the most important number first. This is Holy Week. Okay, this is, this is just two weeks ago. Around 400, to the best of our account, really 397 people crossed the line of faith and accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior through this movement. We saw over 7,200, I think it's 7,263 people come through the doors of our church during, during Easter weekend. Unstinking believable. And uh, I want you to speak to the new believers, those of you who accepted Christ 
nothing. We, we never want you to accept Christ and leave you there. We want to mature you up. We want to grow you in the faith. And so we are working hard now to get a new believers class together. It'll probably be in May. If you are a new believer, young in the faith, whatever the case might be, or maybe you've been a believer for a while and you've just never been discipled in the basics. Will you take out your connect card? Oh, we've already done the offering. Dang it. Oh, you got a few weeks. Um, <laughs> I said, dang it. Okay. For those of you who thought maybe you heard me wrong. Um, you can do it next week. Just mark your Connect card, New Believers, any time in the weeks ahead. And uh, we're going to have a New Believers class here at New Hope Church to teach you the basics of the faith. Real quickly, a couple good months ahead, guys. we got this series, Joyride, but please make note in May we're starting a series on relationships. And if you ever found anything in life that's uh, more gratifying and fulfilling and exciting than relationships, but have you ever found anything more difficult, challenging, and painful <laughs> than relationships. So we're doing a series called Real, R-E-A-L, Real Relationships. And that'll be in May. You don't want to miss a single Sunday of Joyride or that. And I just want to go and give you the heads up because I know it's Memorial Day weekend. But listen, guys, you do not want to miss Sunday here on Memorial Day weekend. We are bringing back the Daraha Choir from Africa. They led us a few years ago. This stage will be full of some of the most beautiful God's children leading us in some of the most authentic, joyful, beautiful, God-honoring worship that you will ever see. They will be here on May 26. Amen? So speaking about all these salvations and baby dedications and baptisms, it reminds me of what happened a few years ago. We had one of our baptisms party on the patio. Maybe you've, you've been a part of that before. And we were baptizing people and we were dedicating babies and it was awesome. And we had this young little girl, seven years old. She had made a commitment to Christ and I baptized her. And you know, I normally do my little thing. I, I talk about scripture and I talk about what it means to be dedicated, what it means to be baptized. And I said to this girl, and I, I said, you know, you're, you're going to get to be raised in a Christian home and way to go and, and they jumped in the car afterwards, and she started crying. Seven-year-old girl just started sobbing out of control in the car. And mom and dad are asking, what is wrong? What is wrong? They asked her three times, honey, what is wrong? Finally, the dad pulled the car over and said, honey, what is wrong? This is supposed to be a great celebration. Why are you crying? She goes, well, Pastor Benji said that I get to go live in a Christian home now, but I really wanted to stay with you guys. Now, now, did you did you know what you just did for yourself? No, seriously, let me reel it on back in. What you just did, laughing, it's good for your health. Laughing is great for your mind and your body and your relationships and even for your witness. The Christian who is a stick in the mud has no witness in the world today. Like, get you some of that. Who wants to be a part of something like that? A lot of people are interested in this series because a lot of you desperately need joy. A lot of you have forgotten what it is like to smile. Many of you are saved. The problem is you just haven't told your face yet. Laughter. Listen, listen. When we laugh, when we laugh, listen, let me just go scientific with you for a moment. I'm a post-pharmacy major, so I love science. I love physiology. Listen to this. When you laugh, circulation improves. 
When you laugh, yeah, I see some of you just leaning down to take notes. Way to go. Grab your teaching notes. Grab your pen. When you laugh, heart rate quickens to an aerobic activity pace. When you laugh, your lungs expand. When you laugh, blood pressure rises, then drops and remains below baseline for a while. When you laugh, muscles massage organs. I like that one. When you laugh, stress is reduced. When you laugh, I don't know why y'all laughing so hard over the massage one. (laughs) When you laugh, your immune system is boosted. Seriously, this is scientific. This is there's evidence. When you laugh, endorphins are released. That's the body's natural painkillers. When you laugh, the left side of your brain is stimulated, making us more creative. Thirteen muscles are used for smiling. Fifty muscles are required for frowning. You old frowning people, those of you who frown, you're working out more than you need to. Come on, come on, come on. In terms of exercise, you can get the same benefits from laughing 100 times a day. Follow me. From laughing 100 times a day, you can get the same exercise benefits from that as you can from 10 minutes of fast walking or rowing. Dude, why sweat when you can laugh? Come on, come on. Let me show you a verse. Let me show you a verse. It gets right to the the heart of the matter. Pardon the pun. Listen to this. this. A cheerful heart is good what? A cheerful heart is good medicine. Some of us just don't laugh anymore. I'm doing this series so that I can hopefully bring us back. I'm hoping I can bring that smile and that laughter outside of you. Some of us need to really give those muscles a workout. Some of us have just lost our joy. And can I be completely transparent with you? The reason I'm doing this series... It's because I started to notice that I had. Most of you have heard me say, if you've been here any time before, you've heard me say that the two things I want to be known for in my life, here it is. Amy Lynn knows, if you can work this on my tombstone, go for it. The two things I want to be known for in life, joy and grace. That's what I want to be known for. Joy and grace. And with the couple of years that we've had going down here at New Hope Church, primarily the last nine months, for the weight of all of that, for, for the season that we had been in, I actually looked around at myself and I realized, oh, 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 you, you've lost some of your joy. And then I looked around at the staff, because it all rises and falls on leadership, and I looked around at our church. And I realized we've lost some of our joy. I mean, what makes new hope new hope is the contagiousness of our joy. What makes this great so, what makes this church so inviting and enthusiastic and welcoming to people is that they walk here and they realize that the people at New Hope Church, at any of our campuses, it's the same thing, the DNA runs throughout the whole body. They realize that this is a church where people are happy to be there. 
They realize people aren't at that church out of religious obligation or duty. But they realize people are there because they really want to be there. And there's lots of laughter at New Hope Church. And I looked around and God slapped me upside the head with a spiritual two-by-four. And so seriously, I called, an, I called an, 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 a spontaneous staff meeting. And we got together, and I'm not going to walk you through it all, but I basically said, guys, today is a new day. We are turning over a new leaf. We are turning the page. We are going to kick Satan in his freaking teeth, and we are not going to let him steal, kill, or destroy the joy that is in this church. And then, and then a group of us went to, to my office and we were brainstorming and we were talking about how do we lead during this season? And listen, guys, God's been strutting his stuff, so you don't need, you don't need to worry. We're in a great position. But I, I pulled a group together in my office and I said, how do we lead in this moment? And we were just talking and brainstorming, flip chart. We were kind of going at it. And, and, and then all of a sudden, I just said, out of the blue, I said, well, dang, maybe what we need is a series around this place on joy. This was just like three weeks ago. <laughs> and right then and there, the people in the room, it was, just, it was just the whole, we knew right away that was Holy Spirit led. We changed gears through the other series out that we were supposed to be doing right now, through Joy Ride In, and here we are. Listen, church, we are supposed to be some of the happiest people on the planet. Christians are in a relationship with the one that the Bible says is the true joy giver. Can I just remind you, two weeks after Easter, we're Easter people. We're, we're resurrection people. Because of the resurrection of Jesus, we should be able to dance on the grave of mortality. We should be able to, to be joyful and, and, and enjoy life and laugh and just and realize that God is in control. Humor is what gives us the courage to make it through hard times. This is not some pastor who's up here who's going to try to get you jazzed up on laughter and humor and give you a bunch of positivistic self-help mumbo-jumbo. That's not what this is about. This is about the truth of the gospel realizing that we live in a cesspool cosmos of sin. I'm not negating that. I'm not challenging that. This is a mad, sad world. But the beauty of being a Christian is that we can live in the midst of a mad, sad world with a joy that is bigger than all of that junk. Yes. Yes, we can. I want to give you a quote. We're going to get to the word in just a moment, but I want to give you a quote. Flannery O'Connor. It's a profound quote, so don't miss it, okay? Where there is no belief in the soul, there is very little drama. Either one is serious about salvation or one is not. And it is well to realize that the maximum amount of seriousness admits the maximum amount of comedy. Only if we are secure in our beliefs can we see the comical side of the universe. You see? You see what we're saying here? You see how the gospel is bigger than that and it penetrates that? I'm not talking about a flippant life where we don't take things seriously. No, we take God seriously. Amen? We take our marriage seriously. Amen? We take raising our children seriously. Amen? 
We take our futures seriously. I'm not talking about being flippant and just not taking life seriously. We take God seriously. We just don't take ourselves that seriously. How many of you, when you were a a, a child, maybe you still teach your kids this prayer. Um, I grew up in a totally secular family, and so I didn't learn this. But when I would go visit my grandparents in Charleston, South Carolina, my grandma and my granddad, who they've gone to be with the Lord now, and just God bless their soul, awesome couple. First two things they bought when they got married, the first two things they bought was a Bible and a coffee pot. Glory, hallelujah. (laughs) That's what I'm talking about. They, 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 They taught me a prayer. And some of you have heard this prayer before. Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul he'll keep. If I should die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul he'll take. If I should die before I wake. Think about that. If I should die before I wake. I guess what I'm trying to challenge us to today is what about if we awake before we die? What about if we should wake, if I should wake before I die? As a pastor, I have the privilege of marrying people and burying people, and journeying beside people through life's greatest joys and life's greatest challenges. And what I see more than not, what I believe we need more than anything else, is to actually awake before we die. I actually see a lot of people who are walking around, and though they are alive, they are not awake. This series takes faith so seriously that it radically asserts in the beginning that we can have a relationship with God. Listen, that is so real, so passionate, so life-changing that we actually awake with joy and laughter before we die. Had the awesome privilege last night, uh, my boy Benjamin and I, he's my oldest boy, he's one of my twins. We were driving from out of town. He's on a travel baseball team. We were traveling from out of town, and it just so happens that one of my good friends, Lester Fortney and Jennifer and their family, uh, they got five kids, and we got five kids. And I've challenged them to their five against my five in basketball, but they won't have anything to do with it. And I guess that makes sense because they just one of their five is a, is a, a four-year-old girl named Jenna Faith. Um, so they happened to be coming, we just kind of were cross, crisscrossing out there near the Burlington area. And Caleb, one of my other boys, is best friends with their boy Jackson. And so he was spending the night with Jackson. And so we just said, hey, let's do dinner together. So we met for dinner. And I got to, uh, I got to spend time with their family. And I was really excited about spending time with their newborn baby, Jenna Faith. Uh, because I married uh, Jennifer and Lester not long ago, a couple years ago, um, at the Aqueduct Center in Chapel Hill. And so I, I love this family. And they had this beautiful little girl. And as I was holding her some last night and just watching her, she was just the happiest little baby. And let, me show you, let me show you a picture of Jenna Faith. Let me show you a picture of this sweet little thing. Now, now, now check this out. That, that's her smiling. She's only four weeks old. I, I, look, look at the little thing on the right. I think she sleeps with a smile on her face. 
Okay? So check this out. As I was holding her last night so Jennifer and Lester could go to the salad bar, I, I, I saw her smile and I actually, I actually I went back to when my children were that age. And I've got to tell you, I, I believe that I got more excited about my children's first smiles as I did their first words. There's something, uh, it, it starts at about week two or so, week three or four, somewhere in there. And, and the child smiles. Where does that come from? God. God puts a smile inside of us. And, and, and as we grow, why is it that as we grow, we get all serious? Why is it that we think we got to grow up and stop laughing and stop smiling? Whoever convinced us that being an adult is boring and miserable? G.K. Chesterton, one of the greats in the Christian faith, said this. I love this quote. I think God is the only child left in the universe. And all the rest of us have grown old and cynical because of sin. It doesn't have to be that way, church. So let's get into the Word and let's talk about how we bring the joy back out. Because listen, listen closely, don't miss it. Listen. It's in there. If you struggle with this, you, you, the, the, the enemy has stolen it from you. He, he's out to kill, steal, and destroy. It's, it's in there. God put it there. Let's extrapolate the joy, the divine fingerprint that God has put inside your soul and let's get back to being the church God has called us to be. Can I get an amen? amen. The Bible, the word joy is found in the Bible 164 times. Again, this is just not some mumbo-jumbo, self-help, positivistic mess. The Bible, the word joy is found 164 times. Listen, the word rejoice is found in the Bible 191 times. This book is truly a book of gladness. Amen? Easter people are to have the joy of the Lord in their hearts and lives. What I want to do in our remaining time is talk about the very practical ways in which you can get this. It all brings us to Philippians 3 and 4. If you've got your Bibles, open them. Chad Lunsford, our Connections pastor, did a phenomenal job last week getting us started, talking about how real joy comes from not, not straddling a fence and, and you know, tiptoeing with God. And real joy, first of all, comes from, from going all in with God. I mean, like being fully committed. If you're still straddling the fence, if you're like Christian in this environment, not Christian in this environment, you wear these masks, if you're a hypocrite... You, you just need to know you're, you're never going to find joy because that's utterly exhausting. Okay, you, you need to decide, are you, are you hot or cold? If you're lukewarm, God doesn't want to have anything to do with you anyway. Go read Revelation 3. Okay, so, so Chad got us started last week. Very, very good. I want us to go to Philippians 3, Philippians 4. I want us to read a passage of Scripture together. I want us to stand in honor of God's Word. It's actually chapter 3, verse 17, through chapter 4, verse 1. Philippians 3... 17 through 4, 1. Let's, let's, uh, it's so funny looking at you. I'm probably the same at the campuses. It, it's kind of like it was a wave right there. Shh. 
hey, can y'all do that again? That was actually awesome. No, I actually think we should retire the wave. I get sick of doing the wave at sporting events. Philippians 3, ready? You ready for the word of the Lord? Say amen. amen. Join with others in following my... Yeah, let's read it aloud. Way to go. Join with others in following my example, brothers. And take note of those who live according to the pattern we gave you. For as I have often told you before, and now say again with tears, many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their destiny is destruction. Their God is their stomach. And their glory is in their shame. Their mind is on earthly things. Great job, church. Let's continue. But our citizenship is in heaven, and we eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who by the power that enables Him to bring everything under His control will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like His glorious body. Therefore, my beloved brethren, whom I long to see, my joy and crown, Stand firm in the Lord, my beloved. A stinking men. Will you pray with me? Father, forgive me. Forgive me when we let the mess of this world steal our joy. Forgive me when I, as a pastor, don't model that. Take your words and speak to us today, Father God. Take our minds and think through them. Take our hearts and fill with them. Lord Jesus, would you take my lips and speak through them today? For if you do not speak, then absolutely nothing of any significance will have been spoken. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You can be seated at all of our campuses. Take out your notes if you haven't already. Grab your pen. You don't want to miss this. I want to give you three practical points that bubble up right from this text. Here's the first one. Find examples to follow. Find examples to follow. Never forget that Jesus is the master mentor. Amen. Jesus is our ultimate example. Let's just get that out of the way. You follow Jesus. This text says that that the goal in the end is God is going to transform our lowly bodies to be like His. Jesus is our example. But come on, let's just just be real here for a moment. The truth is, we need earthly examples. And Paul says, follow my examples. Philippians 3.17 Follow my examples. He says, join with others in following my examples, brothers and sisters. And take note of those who live according to the pattern we gave you. Here's the bad word. This is a tough life. This is a difficult world to live in. I personally believe, and I don't like saying these things because it makes me feel old. But I personally believe it's getting more and more difficult every day. I, I, you know, I've, I've always said, you know, people who talk about the good old days, the good old days weren't that good. But as I look around our world and I see what's going on, I see things like the, it's just every single day, you know, you got the gun control debate, you got the homosexuality debate, 
You've got media covering every bad thing in the world coming at us left and right. You got this 28-year-old whack job in Korea. You've got uh, you've got all this stuff coming at us left and right. It is a dark, hard world. That's the bad news. But here's the good news. Jesus Christ has defeated the world. The Bible says be in the world but not of the world. The good news is we have great examples to follow. And Paul says, follow my example. And I guess in this situation, I guess I would say, hey, if if you think I'm worthy of following, follow my example. I want to be known for joy. You've heard me say that. When I don't have it, don't follow my example. (laughs) When I do, follow it. If you don't like following my example, find examples to follow. Find joyful people. This is why one of my best friends is Joe Schmidt. He's in our church. Joe's been in this church for a long time. Joe, Joe, you know why? You know why Joe's one of my best friends? Joe, sorry if this offends you. Um, I like being around you because you make me laugh. I, I love to be around Joe because Joe just makes me laugh. Uh, Keith Loy, who I will be with tomorrow, we've been invited, like I said, to go out to Colorado Springs and pray for me. Uh, a, a major denomination has called us in to speak to them about doing ministry in the 21st century. They've said, no holes barred. We want you to be brutally honest with us. Why are all the mainline denominations, all of them, by the way, why are they tanking? Why are they dying? How can we turn it around? So we're going there tomorrow. I can't wait to be with my friend Keith Loy. You know why? Because within 15 or 20 minutes, I'll say, Keith, do it. Please do it. Do it, Keith. Do it. Do it. And Keith will kick in. He'll, he'll make me beg him. But then Keith will kick in with being Larry the Cable Guy. He's a pastor. He, he, he keeps it above board. Nobody does Larry the Cable Guy very, better than my good friend Keith Lloyd. He'll have me rolling. He has them all memorized. I mean, every time I'm with Keith, please do it. Come on. Come on. Come on. I'll pay you. I'll buy you a drink. That's a latte, by the way, not a drink. Um... Gotta be careful, man. Gotta be careful. I mean, like, let me be real transparent and vulnerable here. I, I love comedians. I I love to watch comedians. Like in my BC days, come on, I love me some Richard Pryor. I said BC before Christ. Love me some Richard Pryor. Okay. Uh, Larry the Cable Guy gets a little raunchy for me, but if you can make it PG, it's awesome. Right? Right? Uh, 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 Jerry Clower, God rest his soul. Went, oh, went to be with the Lord. Love Jerry Clower. Okay? Like, like comedians. I love funny movies. Like, I love funny movies. I don't like some of that stupid movie stuff and, uh, you know, stuff that's not even real. I like real life, redemptive, funny movies. Like this movie, Patch Adams. Check it out.
Is my nose red? Oh, it is. It's red. I wish you could see you. Like, I wish you could see what I see up here. You've always been a beautiful church. I tell you that all the time. You're so much more beautiful when you smile. So, so find examples. Like, I need examples. I need to be around people who lift my spirit, who make me smile. Find examples. You say, well, who am I looking for? Here's a start. Find folks who embody and model the fruit of the spirit. Galatians 5. 22 and 23, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. Love what? What's the second one? Have you ever thought about that? Fruit of the Spirit is key in the Scriptures. Christians are to embody the fruit of the Spirit as you mature and grow in the faith. You become fruit of the Spirit-filled Christians. That's joy is in there as well. Here's some practical suggestions. Just practical. Again, if you're taking notes, I'm just going to fly through these. Choose your mentors and your examples slowly. Be careful. Study their private lives carefully. If you're going to have a mentor, an example, study their private lives carefully. What somebody says from a platform or what somebody says in the public is not nearly as important as their life privately. Spend time with them regularly. Just, just trying to help you out here, give you some, some suggestions on how to find. I mean, guys, there are people in this church who could mentor you. 
Mature, seasoned believers who have the fruit of the Spirit in your life. Listen, you could mentor some people. I get asked lots of times, you know, can, I, can I find a mentor? Can you help me? Sure. Get in a life group. Get to know people. We'd ask, talk. Go find. There are mentors here that can do this for you. They don't have to be in our church, but they could be. Number two. I love this one. I love this one. Take delight. We're bound for heaven. Take, yes, take delight. We are bound for heaven. I've already talked about how dark and difficult this world can be. I will admit to you, if Christianity didn't have the heaven factor, I don't know that you could live or I could live in this world with joy. The fact, listen, that this world is not our home makes life bearable and makes it available to experience authentic joy. The Bible says this, we read it earlier, but it's worth reading again. Philippians 3, 20 and 21, all of our campuses, read this with me. Here we go. But our citizenship is in... And we eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who by the power that enables Him to bring everything under His control will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like His glorious body. Now someone needs to shout, Amen. Man, we're bound for heaven, church. This is not your home. And for some of you, that's really good news. And sometimes you feel homesick. That's put in you by God. You're being drawn to your eternal destiny. The aging process, let me just go ahead and keep it real. The aging process stinks. True that. She said, true that. It stinks. You young people are like, no, nah, you don't know what you're talking about. You wait, your day's coming. <laughs> you like, you feel all immortal and all that. Shit. It'll be here before you know it, beloved. Right, 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 right. It stinks. And you might say, well, why doesn't God just call me on home once I become a Christian? Why? What kind, of, what kind of plan is this? I become a Christian and he leaves me in this cesspool cosmos with sin and darkness everywhere. Why? I'm glad you asked the question. Because he's not done with you. Indulge me. Indulge me at all of our campuses. Take your finger out. Your right finger. Not, not, I, don't mean your, I don't mean your right hand. I mean the right finger. Don't, don't stick up the wrong finger is what I'm saying. This is fun today. Everybody got your finger up? Put it on your neck. You feel a pulse? If you don't, scream. You feel a pulse? You feel a pulse? That means God has a purpose for you. That means God is not done with you yet. Think about it. Like, we're called to worship, right? Worship? As Christians, you can worship in heaven. You can worship in heaven all day long, beloved. 24-7. I'm not saying that's what it's going to do all day long. I don't know. Well, some of you are like, I don't like a big church. I don't like a big church. Well, you ain't going to like heaven. <laughs> you're, going to, you're going to hate you some heaven. Because you're going to be around millions of people. 
so, so I don't know where that's just a side note, but, but my point, you can worship God in heaven, right? You can love people in heaven and they will be a lot easier to love than people we got to love now, right? You can serve in heaven. Here's the one thing you can't do in heaven. And this is why God still has you sucking air on planet earth. He wants to use you to influence others to the cause of Christ. That's your purpose, beloved. And when he's done with you or he thinks you're just pretty much useless, get ready. He's probably going to take you home. We are heaven bound. Number three. Number three, stand firm. Stand firm. Stand firm. But do not stand still. Come on now. Stand firm. But do not stand still. Many people, when they hear Ephesians 6 talking about stand firm or Philippians 4 talking about stand firm, they think, I'm just going to stand firm. I ain't going anywhere. No. That is not what stand firm means. Look at what the Bible says, Philippians 4.1. Therefore, my beloved, whom I long to see, my joy and my crown... So stand firm in the Lord, my beloved. If there's one thing that will freeze your soul and steal your joy, it is standing still in life. Standing still in life is what will get you in a rut. And all of you have heard me say what a rut is. A rut is a casket with the ends kicked out. Okay? You don't stand Still, you stand firm, but you don't stand still. When you study the original language here, when Paul says stand firm, he's talking about establishing your equilibrium. Don't let the highs and the lows sway you. Get a firm grip on the eternal relationship that you have with Jesus Christ. And don't let the mess of the world bring you down. God will give you strength to go on. He will continue bringing to your attention the thoughts that will keep you positive, affirming, and winsome. But whatever you do, don't stand still in life. That's how you get in a funk. You don't stand still. You dream your dreams and live your life to the fullest. You reach for the stars. Listen, church, it's springtime. Everything's coming to life. Have you wanted to start a new job adventure? Go for it. Have you wanted to start running or get back into running or some sort of physical exercise regimen? Go for it. Been putting off that trip? Buy the airline tickets, baby, and get in the sky. Come on now. Do some spring cleaning in your soul and in your spirit. Reach for the stars. It might be a long reach, And sometimes we get our hands slapped. But reach for the stars. It's okay. Don't let, as Paul says, the enemies of the cross steal your joy and limit your life. Come out of your shell. Come out of your hibernation and reach. Talking about hibernation. I saw on the news tonight. Y'all know what a cicada is? I cast all those things to the pits of hell. Cicada. Cicada. A cicada 
They, I heard on the national news, Brian Williams. I watched Brian Williams. National news, he, he did a show, he did a part on the national news. The cicada, the, the, the thing hibernated. It's been in the dirt for seven years. Seven years. This year is the year, God, help us, that the cicadas are coming out. Have you seen these? Have you heard these things? I'm like, dude, what are you talking about, Brian? They were out last year like I'd never heard them before. They said, this is supposed to be the worst year ever. Let me show you a picture of these satanic cicadas. <laughs> Even got red beady eyes. Satanic thing. Seven years they've been hibernating. This is supposed to be the worst year ever. Listen, the, Brian said that all the other varmints and animals, they, they all want to eat cicadas. I said, yeah, the bad boy's been marinating for seven years. Eat them all. But come on, some of us are like cicadas. We've been stuck in the mud for way too long. And God's calling you to come out. I'm calling you to come out. Try something new. Listen, you might have heard me say this, but this is one of my maxims for life. I would rather try something great for God and fail than do nothing and succeed. Oh my Lord, I need to leave that up here for a moment. Some of you need to write that down. Leave that up so they have time to write that down. I would rather do something great for God... And fail, then do nothing and succeed. Stand firm, beloved. Don't you stand still. Life is short, church. Don't blink. It's gone. It's only a matter of time. That we will be transformed from our present condition and conformed into Christ's image. Can I get an amen? And in light of that, why is a little, come on, come on, temporary period of tough times, why should it be that important anyway? It's time we, we looked differently. It's time we sounded differently. I told you, I'm, I'm not preaching to you. I'm with you. It's time we begin to understand faith and enjoy this unbelievable joy ride of a life that God has given us. I mentioned Mary and Jennifer and Lester Holt at the Aqueduct Conference Center, Retreat Center in Chapel Hill. I loved marrying them there because it brought back memories. For those of you who were with me in the very beginning, we started this church in my house, you might recall. And back in those days, man, we, I, I committed to raising a thousand prayer partners. I wanted a thousand people praying for this church daily before it started for six months. And I wasn't going to start it until we got it. And we got it. And then, then the week before we launched the church, January 27th, the week before we launched it, 12 years ago, I wanted to take the core group to a retreat center and have a weekend of prayer, a prayer retreat. And we didn't have any money in those days. And so I was like, we've got to find a local retreat center. So I found the closest one to the house, the Aqueduct Retreat Center in Chapel Hill. And uh, it's off of, I think, Damascus Church. No, Mount Carmel, Mount Carmel Church Road. Some of you know it. And I, I didn't even know the place. I just found it in the phone book. I took a team of about 20 of us there. We spent the weekend, and I, I befriended the Reverend Dr. Tommy Tyson, who, who founded the place and ran the place. And Tommy Tyson was about that tall. <laughs> he, 
He's a big old jolly guy. And uh, he immediately became an instant fan of New Hope Church. He just, he prayed for us, which was huge because this was a spiritual giant. He gave us discounts to stay there. I mean, I just, I just fell in love with this guy. So I went back several times over the next couple of years to just go there by myself. as just a getaway retreat and pray and read and write and all that kind of stuff. And, and, and just a few years after the church started, the Lord took Tommy home. But at one of those visits where I was there one day, um, Tommy came riding across the, the hills because and, and, they got a big piece of land out there. And the distance is beautiful. And he'd always ride across on his golf cart. And you could always hear Tommy coming before you saw him because you would hear him singing praise and worship and hymns to the glory of God. He'd come across that thing, How Great Thou Art, that big, deep, baritone voice. He'd come across Amazing Grace. He'd even sing some contemporary songs. And, and he, he was an unbelievable guy. And so one day, the Spirit led me to say, Hey, Tommy, tell me, how have you maintained your joy? How... How have you done it? Speak to me so I can get some of that. He goes, it's easy, Pastor Benji. He said, I remind myself every day, and he used this word, I remind myself every day that my daddy, Abba Father, loves me, and with every passing day, I'm getting closer and closer to going home to be with him. Yes, we're earthlings, beloved. But we are heaven bound. The victory has been won. You want to unlock joy in your life. Find you some good examples to follow. Take delight. We are bound for heaven. Stand firm. But don't you dare... Stand still. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Will you pray with me? Father, I give you thanks for these, your beautiful people. I give you thanks for the joy that is possible. I give you thanks for your word. I give you thanks for what you're doing here today. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you and you alone. Maybe you're here today. Maybe you're here today and... The truth is, you haven't even taken the first step. Maybe you're here today and some of these other steps are a little further down the road with you. And what you really need to do more than anything is just make a commitment to Christ. You need to give Him your life. You need to let the joy giver come inside your soul. It starts there, beloved. You can't do any of these other three things until you do that. So I'm just going to pray at all of our campuses that if you're here and you'd like to meet the ultimate joy giver... Jesus Christ, King of kings, Lord of lords. I'm going to ask you just to pray a simple prayer. Saying, Lord Jesus, I need you to come into my life today. I am in need of a Savior. But I'm also in need of joy. Come in and forgive me of my sins. Put me on this joy ride. Speak into my heart. Do spring cleaning in my soul. Let me be a person of authentic joy. Thank you for securing my home in heaven. I will move and follow you every day until I get there. In Jesus' name. Father, for the rest of us, I just pray that you just take the joy in our church and take it to high places. Father, we thank you. 
We praise you. We worship you. In Jesus' name. Amen.